Folks, it's raining cats and dogs here in Los Angeles, and here's a fun fact. Did you know that L.A. stormwater facilities have captured 1.3 billion gallons of water so far? That's insane. Here's another stat that's also insane. Only 18% of Congress is under the age of 45, which is why we're having a happy hour to talk about it. Here we go, boys and girls. Welcome to Political Playlist. All right, are we ready, guys? Happy Hey, everybody, and welcome to Political Playlist Happy Hour. I'm your lovable, adorable, affable, charming, handsome, did I say lovable, host, Michael Kristoff. I'm Anna Muskie Goldwyn, laughing. Because wow, no Michael's, Michael's like, he's, he's sounding like you're auditioning for something. Well, we're always auditioning. We're auditioning for life, Anna. I'm you know, on. What? I'm on. I don't know. What adjective would you use to describe me? First thing that comes to your head, even if it's negative, say it. Curmudgeon. <laughs> it's going to be negative for me. Judgmental. Anyways. <laughs> microphone issues. Not yeah. in microphone issues. Michael, Natural that, wine. <laughs> that stat better be correct because oh, one God. of our faithful listeners is the water expert in California. So I hope. So, yeah. so apparently... 1.3 billion gallons of water is enough water to supply 32,800 homes for one year. But only LA if County. they can purify it, which well, is it's, the... it's the stormwater capture system, which, which, again, I have no idea what. But isn't is. but isn't the whole again, listener, water expert listener, isn't no. the whole issue that like I mean, or maybe it's our desalination processes are not existent yet. But I do feel like there's a big problem where. Like in times of drought, even if you capture storm, you obviously have to purify it. And then well, that I, becomes. I guess we'll add pessimist to your adjective list, Anna. What <laughs> about what about realist? Realist. Pragmatist. What about knowledgeable? What about practical of facts? What about intelligent? God, look what rain does to people in Los Angeles. Know, We're trapped inside. inside. Long. I know. Anna's got like dogs gnawing at her ankles. Totally. <laughs> they're like, why can't we go out? It's because you're going to get wet and then bring it inside. Mm. Yeah, oh, my God. Chaos. Uh, chaos. What's on your mind, guys? And what are we drinking? Do you want to go first, Anthony? Since I you had something. I do have yeah. something, but you well, guys let's... have made me feel insecure about my personality. Oh my so I'm God. asking if Anthony mm -hmm. wants okay, to go first. Okay, well, I'll, I'll go first then. What's on my mind is Tucker and Putin. Oh, uh, the Tuckster. It's yeah. crazy. Insane. So I've. I've got a lot of questions today from people texting me, asking my thoughts mm. on this. And interesting, they're texting you. And oh, uh, I sense a hot take coming. First, I want to ask your thoughts. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's problematic because I think that I think that that what he states is his mission is not problematic. He wrote like, you know, people should know what Putin is saying, and I'm mm -hmm. the vessel to bring that. I don't actually have an issue with that. What I think is the problem, and Tucker Carlson is smart enough to know that this is the case, is that there are so many people who are these diehard Tucker Carlson, very far right people in America who are already feeling like they don't want to give money to Ukraine, who are already maybe entertaining sort of authoritarian attitudes. And Tucker Carlson is basically giving them a person who's going to spit propaganda for an entire hour or whatever. And it's adding fuel to a fire that's already there. Like if we were all staunchly anti-Russia, staunchly anti what Putin is doing, I actually don't think what he's doing is that bad. 
I mean, journalists go and talk to like dictators. It ha it happens. It, it's not yeah. a bad thing. But I think the way that he's doing it is probably intentionally, but even if not, unintentionally creating this, like it's feeding on a sentiment that is very dangerous that's already happening in our country and allowing, giving people something real to align with, which is words and quotes and clips that Putin will say in the interview. Well, I will add well-informed to Anna's growing list of adjectives. <laughs> Agree with you. A, this episode is a redemption episode for <laughs> me, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I, I fully agree with that. And, you know, I'm kind of reminded of, do you guys remember when Sean Penn, the actor, obviously, if anyone doesn't know Sean Penn, like, I can't help you. Do you guys remember when Sean <laughs> Penn, like, went down and interviewed El Chapo? Yeah. The, like, crazy drug lord. Mm -hmm. And they were like, so did you, like, press him on any of the issues? Sean Penn was like, no. You know? <laughs> and, like, yeah. I, this just rings like that. Like, Tucker Carlson. But worse, because, like, but, Sean but Penn didn't worse. have an audience in a right. way that Tucker Carlson does. Like, for Sean Penn, it was sort of just like, oh, let me go, like, see and what I this think, guy's about. And I think Sean Penn was, like, trying to do good. Do you know yeah. what I mean? However, yeah. like, potentially misguided. Well, he's very it humanitarianly yeah. focused, I will say. But, like, you know, you're exactly right, Anna, that. Tucker Carlson, A, is not going to go, like, ask Vladimir Putin the hard-hitting questions. And basically, he's just giving Vladimir Putin and Vladimir Putin's propaganda a massive platform. And, like, if you're Vladimir Putin, how are you not having, like, a champagne laughter party right now? Being like, he guys, is. you're never going to guess this. Except he We just got laugh. a call from Tucker. Like, he wants to have me on. And talk about all my stuff. Can you believe it? Like, this is insane. So I, I, I have no issue with him interviewing him. Like, this is his job, right? And there's a lot of other newscasters and people of his type who have done this. I, I think Putin is using him as a, met, as a totally. way to contact Trump. 100%. And there's like messages yeah. going back and forth yeah. between them now. Totally. It's um, like a matter of national security. Yeah. And I don't know if yeah. and I don't know if you saw the intro, like yeah, Tucker's like intro before this interview, because I don't think it's aired yet. No. But he does talk about the Ukrainian war mm -hmm. and how it's like terrible. So to me, once again, like leading to this problem. Like, you mean how it's terrible, like like it shouldn't be happening, like Russia shouldn't have invaded Ukraine? No, not in my, I didn't get that feeling from it. Interesting. See, that's so, what I'm nervous about is that it's yeah. adding fuel to this fire. That, totally. like, and it's like we're spending a lot of money. Point of view. Yeah. yeah. Right. Wow. And it's so going to be. Go ahead. I'm, sorry. I'm, I'm not I, like once again, I told people, hey, I'm not against this. I think this is his job to go do. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I don't trust him, obviously. Mm -hmm. And who trusts Putin? Right. Well, I think that he's giving people a reason to trust. He's giving susceptible people a reason to trust Putin, which right. I think is really dangerous. The only thing that I would just say is like this. I think that people on the left need to be very conscious of how they react to this, because I agree with you, Anthony. And I think that to say like, oh, it's so horrible that Tucker Carlson is going to interview Putin. Explain why. Because, like, if we just hear people on the left saying, oh, like, fuck Tucker Carlson, like, he's doing this, it's, like, so anti-democratic, whatever, that is not true. Like, he is a journalist, even if you don't want to give him that label. And 
other journalists have done this, have gone and interviewed authoritarian leaders. And I think we, the United States has met with authoritarian leaders. Like, I think that you have to explain the deeper sort of ramifications of this, not just the fact that it's happening, because the fact that it's happening is not necessarily something that I think is horrible. And I just I get nervous that the very, you know, progressive outspoken people who have a right to think whatever they want are going to be reactionary. And and ultimately, I don't think that's a helpful argument. So there's a very interesting video going around that I, a clip that I caught on Instagram, and it's Sean Hannity interviewing uh, Ted Koppel, obviously legendary journalist. And Sean Hannity very pointedly asks Ed, uh, Ted Koppel if he thought that he's like, do you think I'm bad for America? I being Sean Hannity. And Ted Koppel says, yes, absolutely in the long run. And Sean Hannity's like taken aback and kind of like gets very frazzled. And he starts interrupting Koppel and Koppel's like, let me answer your question first. You asked me if I thought you were bad for America. And I said, yes, in the long run. He said, because you're very good at what you do and you've attracted a huge group of people who have determined that ideology is more important than fact. Mm. And I think that this really caught my attention because it, it absolutely applies to what you're describing, Anthony, in that Tucker Carlson is somebody who has a massive following who, who being the following, has determined for the most part that ideology is more important than fact based on on who Tucker Carlson is. And you could say, well, he's an opinion show. It's He's giving his opinion. But it, this is a guy who peddles in a lot of misinformation. And, you know, to Ted Koppel's point, I mean, Ted Koppel has won 25 Emmys, among other awards for journalism. Any ideas of, of how many Sean Hannity has won? Zero. Zero. The same number of times I've been to Moscow. So, you, you know, the, the waiting idea, put that joke I'm, in. I, I'm waiting. Yeah, I worked on mm -hmm. it all week. But, you know, so this idea of like, is this a good thing? It's a great thing for journalists to go speak with anybody and to hear what they have to say. This is very dangerous because of the audience and the solidified ideology that Tucker Carlson's particular audience seems to have. I agree. Can I tell you what's on my mind before we yeah. keep going? Because it's so different. Okay. This is you around know, with Taylor Swift? No, actually. But on on this podcast, we talk about the youngest members of Congress, mm -hmm. specifically to kind of give a view of what the next generation of Americans will think like, look like, feel like, vote like. Well, I want to talk about the youngest Americans oh. who are in elementary school. Because I... So, just a quick story. Not so, even married, and she's already thinking about kids. Go on. Someone else's kids, actually. <laughs> so my a really good friend of mine from college has three children, okay. and her oldest daughter is in elementary school. She's like seven or eight. And she texted me, not the daughter, my friend texted me, and she was like, you know, Riley's and Girl Scouts, can you, if you want to buy Girl Scout cookies. I was like, okay, great. Oh, wait, so I, I want on. some. I'll send you the link. So right. I go on and I, you know, gather Girl Scout cookies. And at the and the Girl Scout sort of like, here's what we're going to do with the money. They're like, oh, we're going to go on a field trip and donate it to a food bank. And then it said something to the effect of, and this is a way to teach us about entrepreneurship. 
And I thought that was like so funny because also they live in the Bay Area, which makes it even funnier. <laughs> but like I literally yeah. I like, oh, my I texted her. I was like, I copied and pasted. It. I was like, yeah, start them young, I guess. But I thought it was so funny of like it's no longer just, oh, like we're, you know, we're raising money for this cause or whatever. It's like we are entrepreneurs. You know, we're seven wow. years old and we're learning the fundamentals of business and all of this. And I just thought that was so funny. And like, I don't know if it's good or bad, but it just gave me so much insight into like how we as, because I don't have, none of us have children yet, but sort of like how society is thinking about like young Americans now as like, they all have to be self-starters and entrepreneurs and attack the world and whatever, starting with selling Girl Scout cookies. So I love it. That was pretty funny. And I just wanted to share. Well, speaking of self-made entrepreneurs, we've had a busy news week here, gang. The former president, Donald Trump, the aforementioned self-made entrepreneur, just- Self-made under- being of loose, yeah. loose terms. Yes, very loose, loose. So a federal appeals court ruled that Donald Trump is not immune from prosecution in his federal criminal case regarding January 6th. Tucker is obviously going to Moscow. We have a little impeachment going on of Failed our impeachment now. security secretary. Yeah. But first, a landmark bipartisan deal on the border looks to be DOA, gang. This is the bipartisan border deal that was chugging along against all hopes in the Senate. It had some crazy conservatives and crazy Democrats coming together and being like, here, we're going to do this deal. And it looks as though Donald Trump, candidate Donald Trump, got a whiff of this and said, no way, got with his Republican House cronies and said, do not do this, do not do this. So the House Republicans are like, we're not doing this. And basically, this all comes after four months ago, Republicans said, we will not do a Ukraine and Israel military aid package unless you address the border. And they set all of these uh, expectations, which this bipartisan group shockingly found a way to meet most of these expectations and came back to Republicans and said, OK, we did it. You're, you're never going to believe it, but we did it. And Republicans said, no. We're good. Well, not all Republicans, we should say. Just most in the House. Most Um, in the House, but stemming from Trump. Yeah. Yeah. Stemming from Trump. So uh, effectively enough in the House said no thank you where they knew the bill was going to die. Well, more importantly, Speaker of the House who has control on what bill is voted said no. Right. So. I guess my first question to you guys is, so instead they decide, you know what's more important than than passing legislation on the border? Impeaching the the Homeland Security Secretary. Yeah, which, by the way, failed miserably. It failed, I think the vote final vote was like 219 to 213. Yeah. Like it wasn't a, even. Apparently, it was like a pretty gross, a pretty terrible miscalculation because apparently Steve Scalise is out on medical for medical reasons, but he's expected to return tomorrow and they're expected to vote again tomorrow. Two people on our platform who voted against impeaching him were Mike Gallagher and Blake Moore. Hmm. And, you know, effectively, they thought they had the votes to impeach him today. But then some Texas 
congressman who they thought was not going to be there and therefore not vote ended up showing up to vote no on this and like tanked the whole plan. So uh, this was kind I mean, of like a just a bad miscalculation on their part. I don't love that impeaching is just becoming like well, yeah, that's normal. Yeah, that yeah. is the thing. But but I think you know the the real issue here. So so I find this whole thing to be a disgrace, and I think Agreed. that what this has shown is that the MAGA Republican set of the House Republicans have resoundingly made it clear that they are more interested in keeping the immigration border crisis a crisis so that they can have it as political ammunition rather than passing the most conservative legislation that has been proposed to deal with the border in in decades. And so my question to you guys is, you know, what are your reactions to this and what do you think does this help them? Does this hurt them? Like what 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 do you make of this? Don't, don't all answer at once. I don't think they're no, going to get anything. Issue. I don't think they're going to get anything done before the election. But they could. I mean, the thing that I it's like, why would they, though? I Well, that's the that's the thing is I think that they think it's smart politically. But the question that I have is like the people who are in support of them not voting on this are people who would already be voting for presumably Trump, right? Or Republicans in Congress. But the people who maybe they need to win the vote from, I feel like will maybe look at this and be like, this is freaking stupid. And maybe see the Republicans can't govern. I have a I have a tweet, but I feel like we're not there yet. But I can read my tweet but I, I generally think that what people also need to understand procedurally that I think is really ridiculous is that just because the House would then bring it to a vote, that doesn't mean that then like it just becomes a law. Like there's a right. process that a bill goes through where the House and the Senate have to reconcile. They've, there's going to be amendments added to it. Like there's all this stuff that can still happen to this bill before it ends up presumably on Biden's desk. And I think that what's a shame is that, like, even if there are Republicans or, frankly, there are some Democrats who are against this bill for whatever reason, like taking the sort of election politics out of it, it's like you have an opportunity to change it. Like you have an opportunity to put what you want in it, maybe. And to just, I don't know, like F for effort. Yeah. I mean, I, I have low expectations with our politicians, but... I kind of am like, hey, they came up with a bill. That's great. No, it's might amazing. Be, it might be terrible, but it's like, okay, hey, this is not the one that we're going to do. Good start. We're we're still going to take time to keep going through this. Right? Yeah. Well, they're just not even attempting because they're not even attempting it. They yeah. think like, well, why would we? But the right. thing is, I just think if Trump hadn't weighed in, they would have, which oh. is what's so stupid. Right. It's no. Like, and I think there's a great interview that I was listening to recently with uh, Senator Chris Murphy, who is just a little bit older than our platform allows. And he's a senator from Connecticut. who was deeply involved in in creating this with James Langton, excuse me, Langford, Langford, who is a, you know, very conservative senator. The best thing is, did you say that Trump was like, I didn't endorse him? Like, I don't right, know. Right. And you're like, um, and yeah, you did. literally endorsed him specifically <laughs> right. about, specifically said he was strong on border. Yeah, exactly. No, it, it's insane. And so, like, I guess what really 
angers me. And, and Chris Murphy made this point in this interview. He said, let's remember that when the Republicans took the House in 2022, they brought H.R. 2 to the floor. H.R. 2 was the immigration bill. And to call it H.R. 2 signifies that it was their number. It was their second bill highest priority right behind H.R. 1. So it was th that when you call a bill H.R. 2, it's a very, very big priority for you. And so mm -hmm. they, you know, have been saying that this is their number one issue. And I think what is so disgusting is that I think we can all agree that there is a a crisis going on at the border. Right. And they the Republicans, specifically many House Republicans have said that Biden doesn't have the legal authority to do this, we need to implement new laws. And so the Senate, in a bipartisan way, went ahead and crafted a compromise that does not appease everybody, but gets something meaningful done. And then House Republicans have turned on that proposal and said, no, he should just use his authority now to get it done. And this reminds me of a couple other instances like Obamacare. We need to repeal this and replace it. OK, still waiting on a plan. The Iran nuclear deal. Tear it up. It's such a bad deal. We need to re repeal and replace it. OK, still waiting on an Iran nuclear deal, folks. And now border. We have a meaningful border plan that is a start. It's not the end. It's not the be all end all magic bullet, but it's a start to build on. And once again, we have House Republicans saying, no, not good enough. So what angers me and I think what should anger voters and, and this sounds like it's becoming a partisan thing, which it is by virtue of the fact that this is at the hands of these MAGA Republicans, that this is the epitome of congressional dysfunction and exactly what folks across this country despise in Congress is their inability to actually get shit done. And I think this is just such a disgrace through and through. I have a tweet from someone who agrees Ooh. with you. Love it. Ready? Yes. Actually I'm ready tweet. to not I'm ready to not guess it right. It's actually not a tweet. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a quote from a, an interview. Okay. Mm, wonderful. I am extremely disappointed by the strange maneuvering by many on the right to torpedo a potential border reform bill. If we have a bill that on net significantly decreases illegal immigration and we sabotage that, that is inconsistent with what we told our voters we would do. Mm. And it's a Republican. Yes. Border state. So Republican border, border state. state. I'm sorry. Can you read it again? Oh, God. Sorry. I just need, to, I just need to hear Nichols it. I'll cut it. Challenged. I'll cut it. I'm extremely disappointed by the strange maneuvering by many on the right to torpedo a potential border reform bill. If we have a bill that on net significantly decreases illegal immigration and we sabotage that, that is inconsistent with what we told our voters we would do. Ooh. Tony Gonzalez? August Fluger. Oh, no. Good guess. Uh, you're uh, in the right area, though. Dan okay. Crenshaw. Dan Crenshaw. Wow. Wow. So Danny this C. This is the thing. Is like... Dan Crenshaw on some issues, specifically social issues, can be very hardline red. Yep. But I do feel like something that I respect about him is that he 
does have his convictions and he's not someone who kind of flip-flops with no, the time. No, he does not he very much, I love it. He very love much it. like stands yeah. with what he says. And I think that I disagree with him on some things, but I respect any person, frankly, who's like, this is what I believe and I'm not going to let the larger, you know, tides kind of sway me. And so basically Dan Crenshaw is saying, he's saying, look, I don't know how I'm going to vote on this yet because I haven't read it. And he actually tweeted something where he was like, a lot of my colleagues seem to be very fast readers because they mm. <laughs> literally came out against this like I love right that. after it was released and the bill's like hundreds of pages long. And so he called he called this reactiveness from the members of his own party a dereliction of duty. And he said that he's not going to be reactive. He's going to go examine it closely and that he will vote for it. He's not going to be reactive against something that actually might help the problem. So I just think it's important to look at someone like Crenshaw because I think that he's someone who's going to become a leader in the party. I think that he is very resilient in sort of his messaging and the kind of culture hmm. that he's created, even though he sometimes says things that someone like Trump might disagree with, like this bill, for example. But but he's, you know, he's like a decorated war veteran. He has this very kind of like youthful vibe about him. He is, you know, incredibly smart. He went to Harvard. Like, so he's just someone who I think has legs, for lack of a better word. Yeah. But I I feel like the fact that he knows that he's a little bit bulletproof in a way, I think. Yeah. Because I he knows that he has the funding. He knows that his district is not really ever going to go blue. I don't think he's in danger of a Trump challenger. That would be I mean, he's also a badass happen. former Navy SEAL. Like, yeah, this like guy's he not just, going anywhere. Yeah, he's yeah. not going anywhere. So I think no. that he kind of knows that. And I think it's a shame that you have to sort of be of that you know, class of politician that doesn't that sounds really horrible, but like that type of politician in order to be able to say something without being targeted. You're totally like, right. Look yeah, at James totally Langford. Right. Like he's just like a normal guy. He's getting he, eviscerated now. He got yeah, censored like getting, by his he, state party. Like Exactly. So and so, you're also like it's wild because he's doing they're doing what everyone wants. Right. And then just saying no go. Right. Well, and that's kind of Crenshaw's point, right? It's like we ran on border reform. Mm -hmm. And I think he does paint a realistic picture, which is he there was another tweet he had where he was like, if we have the White House, the Senate, if we have the White House, 60 votes in the Senate and the House, we can do whatever we want. But we don't have that. And it's right. unlikely that they will. Right. Ever. Even if they have all chambers of Congress and the White House, it's very unlikely in this political climate that one party will have 60 senators and the other will only have 40. So I just think that he's painting this realistic picture of like, this is progress or this could be progress. You know, I credit him for not saying like, right. I'm voting for this right away. But but I think that what he's addressing that I find so important to address is the reactiveness. I mean, it's kind of what I was saying about the left with Tucker Carlson. It's like, we're living in this world where there's one piece of news and then all of a sudden everyone freaks the fuck out. And I think Trump is a big instigator of that. I think that a lot of social movements are a big instigator of that. I don't think that, you know, I don't think that there's like something bad about it. But I just think that to to be so reactive about something, specifically immigration, which like we have made zero, zero right. progress on. It's and like, it's. And it's affecting so many states. And it's affecting right so now many cities, states and so many. Right? I mean, the humanitarian yeah. element of this is not even something that people touch on enough, I don't think. 
Like, yeah, I agree. And it's just insane. And I think you finally have Democrats who are saying, frankly, you're right. You right. know, I think that Republicans have actually won in a weird way by showing that this is such a problem. And it's not because Biden isn't trying. Trump couldn't fix it either. But right. Republicans have constantly called more attention to it. And finally, everyone has kind of been like, OK, we can actually do something. And I just think that Dan Crenshaw is saying something that I agree with, which is that how can you as a politician morally say, I am against this. If you for sure have not read this bill and you are only doing it for political reasons, when you said that the reason you wanted to get elected was to fix this problem or to make it better. Fixing is probably not a reality, but to make it better. Yeah, well said. Yeah, what, once again, how many of them have fully read this? Right, none. Like, I, I, I thought it was a great you know, line. I, yeah. I'm, sure it's, I'm sure it's another, you know, hundreds of pages or, or whatever it is. But yeah. that's also the, you know, sad thing with our, our government and politicians always is they go, oh, well, you don't have enough time to read it. Hey, if immigration is <laughs> your biggest issue, you're going to figure out how to read right. your 800 page By the book, way, they all have you know? dozens of people working for them. Like, go send your freaking like lowest level policy person home mm -hmm. and make them read it overnight. The, you know. like, like, hello. Yeah. I mean, all know? of them. Like, our office should be so well versed on this yes. what's on page 74 line yes. eight you know like you know and and this sort of like not to totally you know tangent this conversation but it's like these people are spending so much money on their re-election campaigns these funds should be going to staffing their offices so that a their staff can get like paid better and also they have the staff and the means and the bandwidth to like read this shit because well they as do you said, have the staff they're just not well paid well, but they don't have the bandwidth to read all this. I mean, they, they have do, staffs. I, think. I don't think they do. I, I like, I, I, I don't. I just I think, and to Anthony's point, every Republican who runs on immigration reform, on border security, has somebody in their right. office who is dedicated, at least in part, to that issue, to being an expert on that issue, to being able to draft bills on that issue. Send that person home with these hundreds of pages. Yeah. They can read hundreds of pages. A lot of people went to law school. They can fucking read fast. Like, go yeah. send them home. Yeah. Have them read it. It's like, just know. And I think that Crenshaw is correct. And it's not saying that, like, they'll all come to a decision overnight. But it's so obvious that they're just being directed by this right. bullshit that Trump right. says. And then now he then Speaker Johnson basically being like, OK, yeah, I guess this is what we have to do to get reelected. Right. It's like I don't even think that they're saying they have to do it to get reelected because it's a compromise with Democrats. Now they're saying they have to say this to get reelected because Trump said so. Right. It's no longer about the, the danger of compromise. It's about the danger of Trump. Totally. Yeah, totally. I just don't understand. And I I've seen this in corporations before when there's a problem. Cancel my meetings. Right. You know, all, all hands on deck until we figure this out yeah. or get a good solution in place to move on to our next problem. Mm -hmm. Because your entire day is figuring out problems, solutions to problems. Yeah. Well, but, and know, I, I my, think that's my presidential leadership. Listen, I agree. And I think that it just speaks once again to what a poor CEO Donald Trump was and would continue to be. Anthony, do you have a 
tweet for us because well, my, my, your political playlist we refuse to say X. It's tweet yes. for life, baby. Well, but what do you even say? An X? Do you have an X for me? Do you have a she? Like a President she? Do you have okay. a President she for us? Do you have so, a you have X for me? I, I picked this because it applies to me, obviously. Oh, great. House members with perfect attendance in 2023. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. So there were 17 votes in 2023. And there were nine Republicans and seven Democrats who were there for all of them. Wow. Of course, I'm picking this because I never missed a class in college yeah, until teacher, I was a junior. Uh, yeah. Wait, but until I'm, you were I'm, a I'm, junior, that's yeah. half of your collegiate wow. career. I'm, I'm sorry, but when you get that 5 or 10% for just showing up, you just got to show you up. You do wait, it. Okay, wait, wait, wait. We just have, have to go to back picked. to this statement. I didn't miss a class in college until my junior year. Like, that's only half of college. That's not that impressive. Oh, I think it's a, most people I know were like, oh, I, was I know, class. but I think you should just say, Anna, when did you skip a class? Honestly, probably never. I remember my freshman year. Honestly, I really didn't. Speaking of rain in California, my freshman year at USC was one of the rainiest seasons on record, only to be outdone by last year. And my freshman year coming from Connecticut, like it poured rain like in, in October. Or November, yeah, October. And oh yeah, I was they like, would literally cancel classes. They, and I was like, "What do you?" I like showed up. I was the only one. I was like, "Wait, so we don't come?" When I it's talked raining? to someone yesterday who said yeah. that they're in LA. Her daughter's school closed classes, and she's like, she's from the Northeast, and she was like, "I just wanted yeah. to text everyone and be like, you're such babies." Also, side note: I had Zoom meetings canceled this week on account of rain. Like, no, <laughs> yeah. That's like, you know, thing. It's just we got to. Well, that's hilarious. OK, back to, to your guys's point here. You would think no. this list of 16 people is made up of all freshmen, right? Yeah. It's, it's not. not sadly. Wow. Is it all old okay. people? It's let's see. We have three, four, five, They're six. Like, well, I had that one our, doctor's appointment. Hit, on my six hip, people from our platform been... out of the 16. That's really? so bad. Not a great percentage, in my opinion, when this is your first time on the job. That's true. So um, who are they? <laughs> all right. So on the Republican side, it was only two. Elise Stefanik. Mm. And then the, one who, the other one who tweeted this is the other Republican. Oh, and oh we still haven't guessed. We still haven't guessed. And then on the Democratic side, we had Yadira Caravo from Colorado. Mm -hmm. Jeff Jackson from North mm -hmm. Carolina. Oh, good boy. Summer Lee from Pennsylvania. Yep. And Chris Pappas from Ooh, New Hampshire. Good. Okay. Chris so Pappas seems like someone who would go to every class. Yeah. I kind of just gave it a little bit of way. This person's from this the Northeast. Guy, yeah, this guy's from this the guy's Northeast. This guy's a Republican Northeast. from the Northeast. Guy Reschenthaler. Yeah. Uh, uh, again, um, Anthony, just, I would not consider Pennsylvania the Northeast. Pennsylvania, not okay. the Northeast. <laughs> you've made this, yep. you've nope. made this mistake. I made this mistake before. You've made this yep. mistake before. Yeah. Um, I'm from, yeah, I'm Good from Cali Southern boy. California. <laughs> I'm from the South. But uh, yeah, I thought that was frankly a very interesting list. That is an interesting list. Very I do interesting. feel like Elise Stefanik and Guy Reschenthaler are people who are really trying to like make a name for themselves in the party. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that makes sense. And then on the other side, I mean, like Jeff Jackson and Chris Pappas, like really, they would, they did not skip class in college. I guarantee totally. you. Totally. They're Boy Scouts. Um, and and then Jeff I feel Jackson like gives great videos. He, true. Actually, he yeah. needs yeah. to be there for every vote because his yeah. TikTok following relies on it. 
Yeah. And then for Yadira Karevo and and Summer Lee, I feel like they're just being good freshmen. Yeah. I mean, they're like we got once again, here. it's your first time on the job. Yeah. Yeah. Show up. Yeah. I like that. I mean, I think that's a good life lesson. Show up. Just show up. Let's have well, we I mean, it. I guess we do have to be like a little sympathy. You know, sometimes people like can't come, but guys rain I have a is last not an call. excuse. I have a last call that's okay. kind of a show up. I don't know if anyone saw the Grammy. What is a show up? No, I said, I guess it's kind of like show up. Oh, that's like a like coaching shit. sports thing, Anna, which you would know if you played sports. Shut up. I'm more athletic than both of you combined. <laughs> um, You're yeah, laughing because it's true. Hey, how's that? How's that <laughs> You're laughing because it's yeah. true. It's true. Oh, I'm far from it. It just that quick picture of all of us in the gym that one time. And yeah. Anna was like, Anna's like, and I were like, time for, uh, time for a drink. Yeah. You know? No, Anna's very athletic, very, very good at sport. So, guys, I am going to turn, I'm going to end on a real sappy, sentimental note. Oh. I thought. Are you talking about Tracy Chapman and Luke Combs? I was going to, I was exactly what I was going to talk about. And it's funny because I had this thought before I started seeing all of the reactions to it. So I feel like in a way we're kind of jumping on the bandwagon. But again, I had this thought, though, Sunday as I was watching the Grammys in that this Tracy Chapman, Luke Combs performance was just incredible. Um, He's making a face like he hasn't seen it. And oh for, no, I've already listened to the song multiple times. Yeah. Did well, you and, not know the song? No, I did. I'm, I oh, definitely oh, knew oh. the song. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it was just like, I think, it, you know, it's, it's a very interesting situation because I read an op-ed by a writer who was an African-American younger female writer. And she wrote about how she started the piece by saying, you know, when she first heard the song, it was a cover you know, it was faithful to a fault to the original. And, you know, generally the idea of doing a cover is that you add something new. And she was like, and here's this sort of, you know, white country guy coming in, doing a, you know, exact cover of this, you know, song that was a hit for this young African-American singer, you know, 30 years ago. And then she was like, this writer was like, I then saw this performance and I saw how, A, beautiful the performance was, and B, how much Luke Combs clearly idolizes this woman. And she was like, it totally changed my tune to appreciate, no pun intended, his version of it because it was such a love letter to this this artist who he clearly admired, you know, and then to see her give such a wonderful performance with him, it was just a very... I think there's so much to examine about it, but I was just so impressed by just this great moment that I thought was so cool, which was a, and, and a great song. And for me, it was the standout of the Grammys. I agree. And I think a lot of people would agree with you. Yeah. So, you know, we yeah, just got to come together, too. everybody. Yeah. We just got to come together. Incidentally, I think Tracy Chapman is perfectly fine with how well the song is doing by Luke Combs because it has definitely sent her some new royalty checks. So, oh, for yeah. sure. But that song has <laughs> oh. always got a lot of plays. Oh, we should close <laughs> it with that song. But then would we have to pay royalties? No, we're no. not famous enough. 